0: another installment of behind the fourth wall the podcast where we discuss and review trailers movies tv shows video games comics uh, and pretty much anything else pop culture Uh, my name is Ivan and joining me today is actually not Emmett Uh, Emmett is currently on sabbatical and off to save the penguins so Emmett if you're listening to this hello Um, hope you're doing well uh, looking forward to speaking again soon uh, when 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 you return. But joining me today is somebody who I've known. Thank you, Facebook, for reminding me uh, for a little bit over a decade at this point. Um, my very good friend and Art Institute alum alongside me, um, S- Sandra.
1: Don't tell people we went to AI. That's embarrassing. <laughs>
0: Listen, <laughs> we were victims of EDMC. <laughs> oh, goodness,
1: Basically, you just told everybody we were robbed by our school. <laughs>
0: Listen, well, you know, I I didn't even realize it was closed until just you know, when you brought it up the last time. So, yeah. Oops. <laughs> hey, look, I. I I'll I'll bash the school until, you know, nightfall or whatever. But like I I, I do gotta say that I've had some of the best experiences with people and, and just memories, I guess, overall there. Not that it was worth the unlisted amount of money that it was paid to go there.
1: <laughs> but mean, I'm just um, saying. Yeah, I mean I don't think it was worth I mean, I love you, Ivan, but I don't think it was worth
0: Can you <laughs> really put a price on friendship though? I mean, you know.
1: Well AI did. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh. That's true. Yeah, That's fair. But I, I, I'm excited to have you on. Um, I did want to bring you on because I, I thought this was a cool opportunity because one, the thought of doing this show alone was a little dreading <laughs> on, on my part. But also, you and I talk TV a lot. And we talk comics and a lot of, you know, I, I feel like you're um, one of the few people that I pivot to a lot when... Whenever we're having like lengthy discussions about entertainment or pop culture in general. So for anyone listening, we're going to be talking about television uh, in general. So, uh, yeah, if you have if you have anything to kind of introduce yourself a little bit to, kind of shed a little bit of light, go right ahead and then we'll get into our new segment.
1: My name is Sandra. I'm a huge, huge nerd. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of Superman. I love uh, shows that have strong female characters. Uh, Xena, a number one. And yeah, I mean, not much to tell. I like to take my hobbies are photography. I like to take long walks along the beach. Um, <laughs> no way. And if, you know, <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you know, if I'm if any the uh, I am a, a lesbian. So if there's any ladies that are listening, um, hi. <laughs>
0: Wait a minute, Sandra, you're a lesbian. I didn't know this.
1: Nobody knows. <laughs> 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 on, a, on a world stage right now. <laughs> that's
0: true yeah <laughs> for the very limited viewers <laughs> listening <in. laughs> well let's get into the news segment here real quick uh so emin and i usually like to uh, signal a couple like big pop culture uh whatever is going on i guess for, for the current week Uh, And I say current week, but I usually take about a week to edit these. So, uh, you know, by now, this is probably old news. So um, just FYI. But um, I guess to start things off, Doctor Strange 2 premiered uh, just last week. Uh, We're recording this on Friday, May 13th. So it's been about a little little over a week since uh, the premiere of Doctor Strange 2 um sadra you and i are going to watch this movie together at some point (laughs) i was unsuccessful in getting you to to go see this movie with me but i totally get it uh anytime there's a premiere in new york right like um, you can't find a theater that's like moderately empty it's like everybody's scrambling for tickets that weekend so it's, it's a little crazy
1: yeah i think one of the most shocking things is uh the one time when we ordered tickets for a morning show at 10 o'clock in the morning, you wouldn't assume that uh, at 10 o'clock in the morning on a Friday, actually, I believe we went to see. Was it Infinity War? It was. Yeah. And um, shockingly enough, nobody apparently went to school or work that day.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just. Because... Yeah, you just reminded me of that. That was that was insane. It was like and it, this wasn't even opening week. This is like a few weeks
1: after that. It just shows people's love for Marvel, that they'll skip school and work to go to a movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it also shows how congested New York City is, I feel like, right? Like,
1: Yeah, that's definitely true. Because in a city this large, you're definitely going to have people who, who, I mean, people live different lifestyles in this city. That's true. You know, they have that extra time to have fun and do what they want. sometimes it's also good to take a break from work and indulge what brings you
0: joy in life yeah your but, hobbies your you know your yeah. the things that kind of give you meaning in life and that kind of thing i guess well meaning might be a little bit of a stretch there but yeah i we we always like to watch these movies i think pre-pandemic we we enjoyed going to the movies a lot more um po- i'm hoping post-pandemic at some point right whenever post becomes post-pandemic god willing i guess i don't know we'll see um yeah. but doctor strange 2 I think it topped a little bit over two hundred million dollars at the box office. It looks like, oh. to be exact, two hundred and thirteen point six million dollars at the box office opening weekend just here in the United States.
1: It's not shocking. Like Marvel has blown up. It over... has. Jesus, it's amazing. You know, a... I think really what it is this being able to see your heroes that you've read in comics for years on a big screen and they're being treated well you
0: know yeah yeah so i think that has a lot to do with it and the appeal of it is now like marvel's no longer you can't even call it like nerd culture anymore i think it's built into pop culture in general i mean look at the numbers that endgame built out you know like that doesn't happen with a movie that only has like niche appeal i guess right it's 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 a very broad appeal that these movies carry with them now
1: oh yeah Basically, I honestly
0: believe comic book movies have become the new action movie. Yeah. Yeah. Or what Westerns used to be 40, 60 years ago or so.
1: Yeah. Did you say 46 years? (laughs) No, 40 or
0: 60 years. (laughs) (laughs) I read it in a textbook somewhere. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I got a chance to watch it. Um, I thought it was a really good movie. I'm not going to give any spoilers away, but for anybody interested in my thoughts, um, I, I thought it was a good movie. It, um, I thought it was better than the first Doctor Strange. Do I think it's the best thing that Marvel's put out? No. I'd probably cracks somewhere around like my top 15 Marvel movies, which is crazy to even say that, that there, I have a top 15 because there's so many of these movies out at this point, but uh, it, it is good. It, it's good. It's just, it's not like it has its flaws, and I'll probably record something, you know, separate down the road to kind of go into that a little bit. But, um, yeah, the movie's good. I think it deserves a watch on the big screen. Uh, but, yeah, uh, you know, I'm hoping that this uh, trend continues because it's also Marvel movies that are bringing people back into into theaters. And, you know, for, for me, I guess selfishly on, on, on my end, like I really do want the movie business to succeed just because I'm a huge fan of going and sitting down and watching these things. I think a lot of it is a very social experience that I uh, enjoy there, even if it's with a bunch of strangers, but still. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it was good. It was a fun ride. Um, loved it.
1: Oh man. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. Um, I always loved movies when I was growing up. I was one of the strange birds that went to movies by myself. It helped that there was a movie theater down the block from my school that was only $2. (laughs) And no, I am not 80 years old. (laughs) It (laughs) It was just that was a discount movie theater that had come out where they showed movies that were three months old. And so you could go to the theater, two bucks and uh watch whatever movie you want so it basically became like a weekly thing for me to go to movies i look forward to doctor strange but sadly i will probably most likely see it on the small screen covid is uh still a thing theaters are still packed and especially since in new york they've lifted the uh restrictions on mass and uh separation it's safer to. uh, you know enjoy the multiverse in my own house
0: <laughs> it's true it's true yeah it's it it, it it does get a little crowded And i think the thing that kind of gave me a little bit of pause sometimes is like you know depending on where you go you could be at a theater where people are all masked up or you could be at a theater where people are you know throwing caution to the wind so it, it's kind of a mixed bag here in new york i've found but
1: well, yeah i mean it's pretty much it's not even really just Here in New York, when it comes to mask wearing, like I've actually watched games where there's some people with masks on, there's some people without. It's it it really is just it it really is a mixed bag. Everybody basically everybody's dealing with their own kind of safety. Let's say like
0: well, hopefully we get out of this, and at some point we're you know we're both able to kind of go out and enjoy a good Marvel movie or a DC movie if they decide to ever release another one. Uh, You know, because that's. I guess that kind of pivots us to the next topic here, which is uh, the DC Universe, the delays that have been kind of plaguing uh, you know, the the movies and, and all that. DC is a beast of its own, but also besides the Batman this year, we were supposed to get the Batman, we were supposed to get uh, Black Adam, we were supposed to get uh, Aquaman, we were supposed to get Shazam 2, and we were supposed to get The Flash. And it sounds like... We we definitely got The Batman. Uh, great movie, by the way, in case anybody is curious about it, hit it up on HBO Max. It's available now. Um, but uh, besides The Batman, it sounds like we may get Black Adam this year, and we may get Shazam 2, but we're not entirely sure yet. Uh, it's a, There's delay upon delay upon delay, and Emmett and I have kind of been also like, do we even care about The Flash at this point because it's been delayed for so long? Quite frankly, yeah, I've kind of lost interest. But it, it sounds like um, it, even with like Ezra Miller's current um, issues with 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 their arrest that they've that they've gone through recently, plus a whole plethora of other things, Flash has been delayed indefinitely. So it, it's sad to see, but I'm also kind of struggling to really get hyped over live action DC stuff. Uh, the animated stuff still gets my attention, but like the live action DC uh, projects. I don't know, I, I struggle, but, like, Sandra, is there anything that you are looking for or were looking forward to, I guess, from the slate of movies? You know, we, like I said, we have the Batman, Aquaman 2, uh, Shazam 2, and The Flash. But were you looking forward to any of these? And are you s- bummed to kind of see some of them delayed uh, in some cases over a year or in some cases who knows when <laughs> they'll they'll bring these out?
1: The movie, I, I, I've definitely been looking forward to Black Adam. The Rock has seemed to have been... Preparing for this role for a long time. And oh my god, the man is a beast. Have you seen his workout videos?
0: <laughs> I have, yeah. I yeah. could never match. So
1: <laughs> yeah, like I mean, he seems to be very excited about playing this role. He's definitely the perfect actor that they chose to play the black. He's with Black Adam, like Ryan Reynolds is with Deadpool. You know, there's there's just actors that's made for a role. I definitely look forward to that. Aquaman 2. It's sad it's going to be delayed, but it's understandable why. I think The Flash is probably going to be done with a new actor because of uh, the things that's happening with uh, Ezra Miller. But other than that, I will say I I am a, I should be a bigger DC fan. I am a DC fan. I'm a big DC fan. I just haven't gotten around to watching Batman. The my, The only complaints I will have about certain movies when they keep coming out is they tend to show the same scenes. Like I've seen Batman's parents die like 80,000 times and Spider-Man's parents and, um, well, sorry, Spider-Man's uncle.
0: Well, you don't have to worry about Batman's parents anymore. (laughs) They're they're definitely not included in the picture at all, the recent ones. I was
1: about to say, neither does Batman.
0: (laughs) 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 <laughs> and then Uncle Ben, the MCU handled it so well, too, like the fact that they kind of you, you've seen No Way Home, right? Like they, they don't really reference Uncle Ben all that much. You you kind of get enough for a feel that he did exist, but he doesn't have the yep. same, like, I guess, levity that he didn't in, in the previous two franchises.
1: Yeah, like, um I do like that they finally decided to go off in a different direction. I, I have heard that uh, they've done the same thing with the Batman. I probably will get to see it eventually. It's not something I was in a rush to see. Uh, but I've heard good things. I've heard good things. Um, as for the, the delays, you know, we, we, we're just going to have to roll with it. We don't have control over what's happening. Uh, I wish... DC would be a little bit more mindful. Well, no, I can't even say they'd be a little bit more mindful because DC has been very inclusive. You know, when you watch the TV shows and you watch even certain movies and definitely in the animated areas, as for the movies and as for everything else, I think it's a struggle. But um, I think they do know what the winners they have on their hands. And I'm hoping that they will continue with it. You know, I'm really hoping that Henry Cavill plays Superman once more. Because I love him as Superman. I think he's amazing in those movies. And I definitely hope to see that soon. If it's it's actually going to happen, do you think it's going to happen?
0: What I've been hearing is that they probably will bring him back in. I, I think the rumor was that he was supposed to come back in to to do something for Shazam, too. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, like, you know, I guess to kind of pivot our conversation into the next bit of news here, like which will pivot to our grander <laughs> conversation here. But the big thing or the big question right now is this acquisition of Warner Brothers, who owns d c, right? Um, so Warner Media has just been acquired by. Uh, discovery and so there's this big merger happening yeah. um and on the cusp of that i've heard from uh, from interviews uh that they're they're cleaning house over at warner uh, warner media so the new owners um the folks over at discovery they've criticized the handling of the dc universe because they feel like the dc universe should have had the marvel treatment years ago and DC did try that with Zack Snyder's projects, but then they quickly abandoned it after they got, um, I guess, more or less like a, a pretty negative response out the gate with Batman versus Superman. And then they kind of butchered Justice League. So I think they they then went on to call it the EU. They scrapped the plans to connect everything because they were like, oh, each story is going to be its individual thing. Um, but I don't think that necessarily serves them the way that they were hoping that it would. Um, we've gotten some gems like Joker, the Batman, like stories that are not part of the overall DCEU have been successful for sure. But I do think that um, there is a desire to see some of those characters back like Superman has been severely underutilized um, in the last couple of years. Like we, we got Man of Steel, which I still think is one of the best Superman movies, if not the best Superman movie ever made. Oh my God! Yes. <laughs> right, and like we th- yes. this we're what almost a decade in, and there's no sequel. That's a crime yeah, right there. I, I
1: know. I mean, um, I think the closest sequel we got was Batman versus Superman, and that was uh, well, we all know how that was.
0: <laughs> yeah, the theatrical cut was not good. Although I would argue, and I've I've told this to Emmett, but he refuses to watch it. <laughs> but the the three hour um director's cut of Batman vs Superman, I think, is absolute gold um similar to the four hour justice league movie from Zack snyder i thought that one was really good too but i think Zack snyder might be a good storyteller but i don't think he can tell stories in a two hour and a half period i think he needs a broader canvas and i don't think that's necessarily what warner brothers necessarily needs right like you need to be able to tell a story in a more compact way and he's just not the guy to do it yeah uh, but that doesn't mean that Henry Cavill shouldn't come back as Batman. I'm, I'm sorry. As Superman. That doesn't, and that doesn't mean that Ben Affleck shouldn't come back as Batman. I feel like they kind of gave up on that too quick.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, I don't know what they're, I, I don't know what they're trying to find, what they're looking for, but I mean, when you have gold right in front of you, it doesn't make any sense to go searching other places, you know, or I think what it is, they might be trying to make everybody happy. You can't do that. You, you I mean, you, When I'm talking about everybody, I mean, not only fans, but mainly, like, you got corporate, you got the actors themselves, you got the movie studios, uh, everybody. That's one thing I've noticed when it comes to making movies. It's a lot of, uh, you got to agree and compromise. Sometimes, you know, with that agreement and compromise, you get a good movie. You get an amazing movie. Sometimes, especially with Discovery coming in, you get a new entity in. That has their own opinions and their own ideas, and um, they will sometimes clash with what was already there. And it's sometimes, and, and then, and then the end product isn't a good thing. And it kind of feels like you cheated the fans. It, it, it's a it's a disservice. It's a disservice basically to everybody. You know?
0: Yeah. It's, it is, and I think that you're right. I feel like there's a sense of too many cooks in the kitchen when it comes to movie making. And I think the general public doesn't really understand that uh, oftentimes. Um, it's yeah. sad, but I think that that's what interferes a lot. Like, I, I still think that there's things they should have done. But I, I think, you know, going back to this uh, Discovery merger uh, news here, I, I think the big takeaway for me, at least from what I've seen from the conversations that have been having, is I would, I would not uh, be surprised if in the next, you know, two to three years they're announcing the reestablishment or the rebooting of the DC universe. Cause I think that they have, they've hit gold with Robert Pattinson's Batman. Mm-hmm.
1: Like
0: if, if, if you were to ask me like what they should do, like I would just try to, I would reboot everything to match the universe that Robert Pattinson's Batman is based in. Cause I feel like that's the, that's their golden egg right now. Um, which that pains me to say, because again, I would like to see Henry Cavill back. I would like to see Gal Gadot back um i would like to see jason momoa um i would yeah. like to see some sort of flash at some point you know um yeah. but yeah I, I get it from the business standpoint um but but you know again continuing this conversation of this uh, of this merger they're starting to uh you know put the ax on a lot of different projects like i had no idea there was a wonder twins movie until just a couple weeks ago when they announced the cast and then about a week after, once the merger uh, was solidified, they put a, they put the axe to that movie. Um, so the Wonder Twins movie was cast and budgeted for it, and now it's gone. Um, and, and they're not just stopping there. They're canceling a ton of projects left and right. There's rumors that that Green Lantern TV show for HBO Max might not actually be coming through. Um, which, to be honest, serves them right because it's been taking them three years to get anything out for that project, which yeah. I think is a little bit embarrassing for them.
1: Yeah, well you also think about it what they've done to green lantern is horrible <laughs> i mean yeah. the animation is amazing but the movies the live action they have not done a service to green lantern yet a good service to green lantern yet
0: and this um, is going to be a greg berlanti production which was the arrowverse stuff that that was on cw so i wasn't looking forward to it to begin with but
1: uh yeah,
0: yeah. which speaking of that by the way they're putting the axe on a ton of shows supergirl ended last year. Um, now we're we're in the cusp of. Or, I think they're ending. Oh um, well, no, not done that ending. They're they're canceling Legends of Tomorrow. They've canceled Batwoman. Um, and I didn't really think too much of it because these shows haven't gotten the best ratings. Like I gave Batwoman a shot when it first came out for about yeah. half a season, and it, it just I couldn't get too into it. Um, it. Part of it was Ruby Rose, and part of it was also that the actress playing the villain in that show. To be honest, far outclassed anybody else on that cast to the point that I felt like I was watching a Shakespearean actor uh, act with a ton of like kindergartners. Um, I don't mean that to sound as insulting, I guess, as it sa- as it might sound, but I do think that she she had she was a much higher caliber actress than the rest of her castmates, and it really showed. And I've never really seen that in a TV show as blatantly as it did here.
1: Oh, Rachel Skarsden is an amazing actress. She's been on a lot of things before Batwoman. I mean, I watched her in a show called uh, Lost Girl. She was amazing in that. She was actually in um, the last season of Rainy playing, uh, I believe it was, I forget the name of the actor. I believe it was Queen, Queen Victoria or Queen Elizabeth, I believe.
0: Was um, she Queen Elizabeth in that
1: show? I'm trying to think, was it she, she of the time because it was during Mary Queen of Scots. So I'm not sure if she was Queen Victoria or Queen Elizabeth.
0: No, yeah, you're right. I'm looking this up and it looks like you're right. She she did play Queen Elizabeth.
1: She played Queen Elizabeth, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think what it was with Batwoman, also the problem with Batwoman, I think, was they tried to do a little bit more. Uh, what they did with uh, in the Arrowverse. Um, the problem with a lot of those shows, Batman, Batwoman, Legends of Tomorrow, The Flash, um, Arrow, um, they were all really good concepts in the beginning. They were really good. Like I watched the first season of Batwoman, the first season. I watched many seasons of The Arrow, and of course Supergirl. But as time went by, it started feeling more like watching a soap opera than anything. But I will say, I will say about those shows, Batwoman, Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl, that they were very inclusive. You know, um, Legends of Tomorrow had two female, two female leads that were, in fact, bisexual and lesbian. You know, they they had representation um Batwoman lead lesbian character, which was amazing. I mean, the last time I believe we had a female action hero that would equal Batman Batwoman, I'd say um in the beginning would it be close to Xena, you know, but now we have shows we had shows like Lost Girl. It's been a buildup. It's been a buildup. I'm sorry if I'm going all over the place.
0: No, yeah, I think I think you're right, and and that's you know I guess that segues us into into our main topic of conversation here, because like I, I always talk about like how this show is focused on anything pop culture, but we rarely touch on television. Yeah, we mostly focus on movies, <laughs> but uh, you know it, it's time to talk about TV here. Um, you're right. One of the things that came out of this uh, cancellation of Legends, in particular, Legends of Tomorrow and Batwoman. Yeah. Um, I, I will say I did enjoy Legends of Tomorrow. I thought because it didn't take itself so seriously, it became a really, really, really cool show once it started getting into the sillier t- territories.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Batwoman, I don't think it ever really found its stride. I, And then Supergirl, to me, I thought was good in terms of bringing some awareness and stuff, but they can't, some of those writers can't actually put those ideas in the really consumable way without sounding way too cheesy or forced or preachy which I think does them a disservice yeah. uh, but the big conversation coming out of these cancellations was and I saw this on Twitter uh, some bleed over into Facebook too but uh, that the, the, the subject of like hey you have these two shows with um, you know LGBTQ representation kind of headlining both shows uh, and you're getting rid of them like just off the cuff there and again, from a business standpoint, I get it because the ratings weren't the, what they should be, right? At the same time, I kind of have to question like, uh, are are we seeing the full extent of the ratings here, or should they be counting like like how I, I would venture to guess that half of the audience isn't actually tuning in when these shows are are being broadcast. They're actually probably finding it in like a binge type setting. Uh, months or even a year after after the, the season airs, right? Like, if, at least that's my habit too. Like, I I tend to watch things after they air. I mean, sometimes even long after they air. The only reason why I'm watching stuff live now is because Emmett and I do the show, <laughs> and we are looking at um you know week to week some of the Marvel shows or Star Wars shows that have come out. But if it weren't for that, I usually wait. I I, I do think that we we definitely have come into a point. I think where that should be taken into consideration right like the the television watching habits of people cuz now we have streaming services now we have a ton of different like options so whereas before it was like you have to watch it when it's airing in order for you to show your support of the show um yeah. but it it got me thinking though like we we just had two shows with headliners being characters of you know Uh, from the lgbtq uh community whereas when i was growing up and all that 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 wouldn't be the case things would be hinted at and all that right but we wouldn't get television shows that outwardly and and very proudly kind of expressed that type of representation
1: when i was younger it was right around when i came out of the proverbial closet (laughs) i uh was looking for content that i can relate to Something that says, "Hey, you're not alone. You know, there's others like you. You know." And there was a show, Zeno, was uh, my 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 uh, top number one first show that I actually went and found to be closer to that. Like uh, it hit on the strong female relationship. It hit on um, that uh, tough. Female lead, you know, she did what she wanted. She she was a woman that was trying to redeem herself from a bad past, you know, with Discovery, and Warner Brothers merging and the cancellation of uh, these shows is like Batwoman and Legends of Tomorrow and Supergirl, and because these shows were so inclusive, I mean, one would have to ask, you know. Was it, you know, this is the reason why they're getting rid of these shows. But you know, you also got to remember too that, uh, yeah, they ha- they have taken their toll. They have been on for years.
0: Um, I don't yeah. think any of these cancellations are malicious necessarily, but I do think that, it, like it 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 is kind of sad to see them go be- just because of that representation sake. There, but to bring up Xena, okay. I, I guess just to kind of reminisce a little bit in the past here, but. I do think that Xena is an example of a well-written character that was just missed. The only thing missing was affirmation of the type of representation it was trying to bring to the table. Whereas in the past, things have been a little bit more conservative. Right now, I think we are comfortable as a society, I guess, to outwardly express it. I think that the thing that DCW shows are missing today is some of the stuff that Xena had back then, which is to not make it too much of a soap opera and actually add layers and stuff to your characters, which is why we're, you know, decades later, we're still talking about Xena versus some of the other CW shows that have been continually canceled uh, over the course of the last 15 years.
1: Which I say is interesting because Xena actually started on, well, when uh, Warner Brothers TV, WB used to be Shadow 11 Picks. It basically started on the same channel. Xena was an amazing show. That yes, it definitely you know they they sussed out their characters. It wasn't a monster of the week thing as uh, as with um, Hercules. You know it 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 changed it changed a lot from what it was. It went from like week after week it changed. It went from it could go from a comedy to a serious piece to yeah, basically, it went back to you know to 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 the episodes that made you cry to 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 action. There was so much about Xena that drew in its audience today. I would
0: hope it would have been the template, too, because I feel like not a lot of shows follow that kind of flow, right? Because sometimes I think that writers today are afraid to make complex characters and they kind of make them a little bit more one-dimensional. Um, yeah.
1: It depends on the shows you watch. Like, there's right. been shows where they've been sussed out. Like, Lost Girl was an amazing show that um, they actually tried to cancel a little bit early, but it was a modern day. Let me see, I believe.
0: Was it? I think it might have been like late 2000s. Oh, um, I'm wrong. It started in 2010.
1: Yeah, it started in 2010. It started it starred Anna Silk and of course Rachel Skarson and it was based on their lead character being bisexual. And it was a very amazing show. She was a, she was basically a superhero in her own right, kind of. She she was a succubus who had the powers to influence people, to do what she wanted. Um so basically she used her powers kind of like a detective. And what was called the Fey World, and uh, that dealt with other, you know, uh, mythical creatures, uh, werewolves and vampires and things like that. And um, I think honestly, when Lost Girl came out, to me, that was the um, the next evolution. Like it went from when Xena went off the air in 2001. And then it took almost nine years to get a show that came on that equal to. It. And I honestly thought I honestly felt Lost Girl was that. <laughs> um, seeing movies and sh- seeing these shows helped me a lot because it showed me represent. I mean, when people say representation matters, it really, really does. I watched Moon Knight recently. There was an episode where the uh, there was uh, a little girl was saved. By a female superhero in the um, in the show, and the girl looked at her and was like, you know, are you an Egyptian superhero? And she was like, yes. And the girl's face just lit up, you know. And I I, I like that representation. I, I like that when you show how representation representation can affect others, especially the younger generation, you know, because when they see themselves, they know that. You know, th- this isn't. You know, this is. You know, this is what they could be. You know, as opposed right. to how some minorities were treated when we were younger, like when in the early '80s or '90s. But what is like? What, were there any characters that you saw yourself in growing up when you were younger when you watched TV and things like that?
0: Yeah, I think. Um, I think diversity looked a little bit different. I guess from from my point of view on things just cuz uh yeah I, I think growing up a lot of the imagery that we saw on television uh for latinos and in particular me like being of mexican descent i feel like it's either you're the comic relief or you're involved in some sort of like gang activity i feel like that's the typical route that like latin american um characters would be portrayed as uh growing up it's gotten a little better uh but truth be told i never really put two and two together in terms of, like, do I see myself as an individual uh, represented on TV until I think around high school or so. We had to do, like, this project uh, for school uh, where we basically were supposed to put in, like, a character that you really relate to uh, from television. And it couldn't be a superhero, it couldn't be, uh, like, a comic book or pop culture type character. We had to pick something from what was current um, so, of course, we had to go and the teacher had us go and, and pick out TV guides and choose a show, watch an episode that was uh, airing that week and uh, relate to, to to anything, basically. And I was hard, was hard pressed to, to, to kind of find anything that was appealing, I guess, to me. Um, I did find it in the George Lopez show for obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. That was a good show. That was an amazing show. But George Lopez is an amazing actor and comedian, so.
0: Yeah, it was good, but I also feel like besides that I I couldn't really find any other kind of form of representation um when it comes to like me as like a person of color uh type of thing like I think if, if if we're talking about like overall like who do you relate to from like a character trait standpoint I feel like anybody could really find something to relate to on TV but there's something cool and unique about seeing yourself um as a person right represented Uh, on the small screen uh, that just wasn't really all that around Uh, you know it's getting like i said it's getting better but like just little by little it kind of started trickling in a little bit
1: but honestly i think um it's gotten way better now like there are definitely shows where you could point to now where you know there's there's different ethnicities there's different religious beliefs you know and you would think that you know you would hope this will make everybody happy, but you know everybody has different viewpoints on um what should be shown on TV.
0: I think the the thing about it, though, is that we're getting to into a point where I think the the objective right is to e- being ethnically diverse, we want to push that to be like the normal, the the way of of thinking that's normal, right? And every time you try to do that for any sort of like um if you look back in history when we try to adjust to that, there's always a lot of like pushback and resistance from people who are like, no, we, we like it the old way. Um, and I kind of get it. Cause I feel like sometimes when you own an arena, right. And yeah. you start to make way for other people that are a little bit different than, uh, than what's typically represented on television, then it becomes almost like if you're stripping away some of it from before when it's really not the case, you know, you're just making room for, for a little bit extra. Yeah. Um, not to get a little off topic, but like now that we're talking about this, like I remember, I don't know if you remember this show, but growing up on Fox, especially there used to be like these edgy comedy shows that would pop up like the war at home. Um, heck, it's, it's the home of the Simpsons. Right. So you kind of expected something, uh, things along those lines. But yeah. I remember this one show that I that I remember briefly watching or like being interested in. And it was this show called Aliens in America. Um do you, does that ring a bell at all, or?
1: No, it does not. How so, long was it on?
0: Ah, uh, not. I don't think it was on for long. I think it was maybe two, three seasons at most, if anything. But the premise was around this um this Middle Eastern kid, high school kid, that comes in as some sort of like exchange program and lives with an American, like a white American family. Uh huh. And. I thought it was a cool premise when I saw some of the promos for it. Um, And then when we, when I saw the pilot episode, it was full with a lot of like terrorist jokes and all the, you know, but at at the end of the day, it tried to be like this kind of tongue in cheek um, comedy show about, you know, they they made the, obviously they made the main character, the, you know, the, the, the Middle Eastern kid. And he, he was really like um, kind of charming in his own way. But, there was so many stereotypes on it especially like me growing up in Queens with a lot of middle Eastern friends and all that like it just it it seemed like downright offensive yeah but it but it was also like that era's way of trying to get some diversity in there and it was just playing on so many stereotypes that even like to, it didn't age well obviously but even sure. for then it felt cringy and I feel like you're right we are making strides to make it a lot better now but I just remember that now that you bring up like diversity and how how far we've come i recall that show and i'm like yeah i could point that as an example of one of those things that they used to get wrong so often
1: yeah um i think especially in the 90s because i think that's when uh, the evolution of uh, 90s uh, not even late 90s early 2000 was when um diversity was trying to make an effort but you, you know what it is i think what it is is they're trying to put a show out you know it's like they're trying to spoon feed the audience you know cuz you know they know they're going to get pushed back they know there are going to people that, that protest and you know oh this is wrong so they they make it they 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 make it dumb it they dumb it down that's like i can, the one thing i can say about television now is not everything is spoon fed to the audience you know that it's yeah. like this is what you get you know you can either enjoy it or find something else and I think that's the reason why we have so much diversity in television. Um, why this is, in fact, the golden age, because there's actually new and good ideas coming out and. It, and it makes for better TV watching.
0: I do want to kind of touch on that, because you're, you're right. They they do try to. They, that's been like the TV go to is like trying to spoon feed audiences a narrative of some kind. Um the thing that i i think the reason why especially in the last five or six years especially we've gotten like this blow up of diversity in a more sophisticated way I i think has to do a lot with the way that we watch tv now right like it's not streaming because even today you know and i recall my like internships from like nbc and that kind of thing from like the college years just listening to some of the conversations they had internally it's it's not surprising that a lot of shows with different ideas never got greenlit and so that's why if you look at network tv even today it's the same kind of shows with the same kind of cast with the same kind of writers and narratives that keep yeah. getting pushed out and the 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 gems that you find or like the the things that back like 10 15 years ago would get canceled are getting picked up and maybe even like given a more broader audience through streaming services, which I feel like have been championing that a lot better than network television ever could.
1: Yeah, and you know, also the thing about it is with uh, streaming networks is it's the fact that you know you're able to watch and choose when you want to watch it. You know whether it, this is something that you're you really want to sink your teeth into and. I think also with the way because of streaming networks and because um, how TV is produced now, people know that um, people are only going to give it about so much. You know, they're only going to give it so much chance because, you know, if they don't like it, they can always go find something else completely to watch. And they can watch a whole season of it, you know, right. If it's good enough, people will continue to go back and watch it over and over again. You know, also known as the Office and Friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, those that that is the reason why those shows have longevity too. Like they they find their the way you know the way their audience reacts to to things, and they just kind of keep delivering on that idea.
1: To me, it's always like someone tried something new, and people liked it so much, so now you have to bring out the copycats. You know, there's gonna be oh well, you like this? Well, check this out. We got it, and they, they, and they changed they change the formula. That's been TV all the time. That's been, from when I was young, I can't talk about, you know, beyond the 70s. When I was a kid watching, I I love I watched a lot of TV when I was a kid. It's always been that way when it came to television. The only thing is people were more willing to take more chances now. With this new generation, millennials, I will say they really broke the mold and helped. Like with Gen X, we were struggling. You know, we were still fighting. With millennials, because you guys are a lot a lot much larger group than us, you're 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 being heard and I and I love it. Television is adjusting to its audience.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean I, I think most of the well the big the big um demographic that's always being sought after just because they're more they're more apt to watch television movies and that kind of thing is that 18 to 35 demographic window. And yeah. I think whoever owns that demographic at that time is the one that's dominating at the ratings, dominating on views, or whatever it is that they, you know, are, are measuring things against. Um, so yeah, I, I I do, I do get that too. Like I feel like millennials have kind of pushed a lot of changes through. I think Gen Z is on the cusp of doing things even like grander than that. I think part of the reason why is because there's less tolerance to put up with certain things that are outdated. Uh, as the generations go by right like I like I have to reflect on me and, and just say like I feel like if I were growing up right now in today's age I'd probably be more I'd be less reluctant I guess to to take risks versus the generation that I grew up in and um, so that that kind of translates to television taste and all that,
1: yeah I, I mean I got the perfect example like I said many times before sadly Xena <laughs> was my show and even when Zena and, and when Zena ended, they 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 tore her and Gabrielle apart, you know. And they've done this over and over again in television, where lesbians, LGBTQ, just didn't get a happy ending. The breaking point, it, it got to the point where you just accepted it. So I mean, it, you 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 saw, you know, I would see movies that are, are about lesbians. Oh, this is great. But then you got to be scared of whether, because most of the time they either ended with her going back to her man, their relationship ending, or one of them dying or getting arrested. Basically, it was always, there was never a positive outcome.
0: Right. So, it was like tr- uh, endlessly running tropes
1: on. Oh my God. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. So. It's probably studio meddling and that kind of thing, too. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, basically, uh, like I said before, Lucy Lawless, the creators of of the show Xena, they wanted to put their characters together. The network was not trying to have that. So they worked around it, you know, with the little things they used to do on the show. I mean, they've had a kissing scene about four times on Xena, but because of the way they frame it, you know, it wasn't really questioned, especially you can get away with a little bit more with lesbian relationships in sci-fi. You
0: know? I, I, I think, too, like, and not to cut you off here, but like, I I do think, like, especially when it comes to, like, lesbian romances and that kind of thing, there was always this, like, stereotype to it that, like, almost, like, if it's, like, appealing to, like, the heterosexual male, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the stereotypical heterosexual male fantasy, then it was yeah. kind of like, oh, okay, we can, like, just touch a little bit of it and then just kind of pull back on it. And I think that was the mindset with Zena was like, "All oh, we'll allow these handful of scenes to fly through because we think it'll be appealing, but, yeah. but go any deeper than that. Then, you know, we're, we're, we're scrapping that.
1: Yeah. It got, it got to the point where um, there was a TV show called uh, the 100 and there, and I, I will tell you this, when it comes to television shows, especially when you have two female lead characters, especially strong women, you're, you're, and you see the chemistry that works between these actors, you can almost you can almost say, like, you know, they should be together. Why right. won't they put them together? And it's always been like, you know, because we, we watch shows and, and you're like, you know, if this had been a man and a woman, they would definitely be in a relationship by now. I mean, Xena has, has done it where they've taken the characters that definitely had chemistry and could have been together. They killed Xena off. It wasn't right. like she walked away. They didn't even let her live. They killed her off. Same with um, Warehouse 13. You know, there were two female characters. Same boat. And they ended it with a very awkward... In inter- a She's in a relationship with a guy that she had been friends with the whole show. And In the end, they decided to put them together. I guess with I I honestly gotta say I've never seen the 100, but um, I I did notice the phenomenon, which actually what I when I saw it, it was big on Tumblr at the time. And what happened was apparently in the show, you know, there was a two female two female queer characters named Clark and Lexa, who had a love scene. And the show finally brought them together in, in in real life. Well, not real life, you know, on the show. But um, and um they had a love scene in 64 seconds after the love scene, they killed Lexa off. A term uh basically came up is called queer baiting, where they'll show two female characters or two characters that you know the fans are like, you know, and this and that, and they'll present them as someone Uh, as a relationship that might happen, but then take it away. Because of what happened on the show, a movement was started called Colexa Movement, which is basically fans purchased billboards that were displayed in downtown LA. And there was a massive boycott of the show. And it started a trend. The the slogan was basically, you know, stop killing our gays. It finally... Came to a boiling point. I, I was really happy to see it. And because of what they've done, you're actually starting to see that. I can actually watch with confidence when I watch TV now that there's a lesbian couple and they will mo- hopefully not only will they survive, maybe they'll end with a happy ending. And I've seen a number of shows where they, the lesbians have ended with a happy ending. I love it. You know, I know a lot of people are not receptive to it, Um, to those. um, All I can say is I'm sorry you're missing out because, you know, these shows are really good. And it's not about their sexual orientation because basically what these shows are showing is they're more than just what their sexual orientation is.
0: And I do do feel like that more often than not, too, like whenever you get. Uh, proper representations it's it, it, it's twofold right because it's it's one thing for a studio or a a network i guess to to deliver on the promise of like getting proper representation on the on show it's yeah. another thing to actually be able to write them well and so i feel that on the queer on the topic of queer rating i feel like often than not there's been a lot of like two-sided conversations where you know some people will see a relationship where there maybe isn't and then some people will be like, no, it's clearly evident that you know they want to do, they want to go this route, but they just won't pull the trigger here.
1: Oh, yeah. and I do, I do
0: think uh, more often than not, a lot of times I think the biggest disservice that the networks do for, especially for like um you know for LGBTQ characters is that they'll promote the content that comes out with those characters in it, and they'll just be like, oh look at us, we included LGBTQ plus characters, but they'll never go the extra angle of actually trying to. Write a good story, and yeah. so sometimes I feel like people will go and they'll get attached to good writing. And when it doesn't like when it feels like they're the writers are also trying to tease up or tee up you know some sort of big delivery and they don't deliver on it, like it it, it does feel like a like a bait and switch kind of thing. You know they're like oh well we were tuning in because of this, but now you know you're saying that we were we were into was like completely wrong. It's kind of like. Um, I guess it's kind of like Star Wars fans experience with The <laughs> with the Last Jedi, where it was like setting your expectations for something only to just, you know, have it kind of be stripped away just for the sake of it. And I think that that more often than not has happened with, especially when we're talking about gay characters, I feel like oh, they've uh, never had their representation well.
1: I will say that, I, I I'll tell you this. Star Wars is not the only culprit, because remember, Marvel did the same thing. And also, so did um, the author of Harry Potter, because she didn't say that Dumbledore was, I believe he's bi or gay. I think he's gay. He's gay, but she didn't mention it until after all the movies and all the books had came out an afterthought that's anybody can do that I, anybody can say well i created this character and just throw anything extra it that they think is socially acceptable at the time and it's just it's still kind it's still in a way queer baiting because you're doing it after the fact
0: yeah well harry potter has a lot of like revisionist stuff going for it i think um she tried to get like extra points too for them making hermione black and then she's like well i made her black in the books and we're like uh no, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, it was after the fact that she's she was like, "Oh, by the way, I'm also diverse too with my writing," and I'm like, "Come on, J.K. Rowling, you're not fooling anybody here."
1: <laughs> I also, I found it. Uh, the, uh, it's it's the uh, movement. It's called the collection movement, and the the it was called the Barry Your gaze breaking point. That's what they they the Barry Your gaze. Because there was so many shows and movies and TV's, like I said, I mean, show even Smallville did it. Smallville did it. Buffy did it. Orange is the New Black. Oh, kill the le- either kill the lesbian or no, actually, all three of those shows killed the lesbian. Who was and the one on Smallville? I don't recall. On Smallville, I believe it was a um. It wasn't a regular character. You
0: know? Yeah, I don't. I don't remember exactly who it could, it could be on there. I, lastly, I guess um, just to kind of start wrapping up our thoughts here, I, I did want to ask you about something because, like, I, I think as we're getting into this, um, I guess more diverse world, both both when we're talking about like casts and ethnicities and all that, but also like the types of shows and contents that we're consuming, there's a lot coming our way. Like there's, there's almost everything is kind of trying to catch your attention nowadays. And, you know, there's so much content coming out. Like, obviously we're like a pop culture centric podcast here, but what's coming up within the next year or so that you think is, uh, has, is kind of catching your attention here?
1: Well, Umbrella Academy is coming out very soon. I believe that's coming out, uh, June 28th. I am excited I'm excited to see what they do with Elliot Page's character. I, I, I just can't wait. I, I just can't wait where the story goes or what's going to happen next. Like, I just, oh, my God. And and I know I'm going to do what I did last time, which is binge it, like, twice in a row. <laughs> yeah.
0: I make a bad habit of that, too, because I think last so when season two came out, I, I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch a couple episodes today and then try to spread out over the week. I ended up watching for almost like a day and a half straight through entire season which I kind of regret it because then they left me nothing to watch but
1: but still and that's why you ended up watching it right because I know that's right. why I actually watching it <laughs> <laughs> um, and also Stranger Things that's supposed to be coming out soon not really sure but you know I actually am looking forward to the next season of that Wakanda forever of course <laughs>
0: yeah November release date now it looks like
1: November, really?
0: I think it was due out end of July originally, but it got pushed back because I, because they shifted over to Doctor Strange. So Doctor Strange took uh, the May release date that was supposed to go to Thor. So everything got pushed up basically by a few months. So it looks like Wakanda Forever is coming out by the end of the year.
1: I mean, maybe by, by that time, um, the COVID won't be as bad in New York because, you know, it's, the strain is kind of going up a bit. But um, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully,
0: maybe we'll be able to see it in the movie theater. Well, I'm gonna risk it. I mean, you're a
1: maverick, man. Nobody tells you when and where you go to see a movie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm look.
0: I'm. I I told Emmett the same thing because, like, I've been uh, subscribed to that AMC Stubbs Pass thing. So, like, I'm paying twenty something dollars a month for my AMC subscription. So, I basically get to watch, I think, like three or four movies a week at AMC. So, I never stopped it. I should have. I really should have, because I'm not really going all that much. But, like, now I almost kind of feel obligated to go to the movies at least once a week, which I haven't done yet. But we're getting to summer movie season, and I feel inclined to do so.
1: Ivan, you know you can just cancel that subscription, right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there is another option. <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: but, I mean, like... Uh, I don't know. There's part of me that's like, you know what? When things go back to normal, I'm going to go back to watch it because I would watch a movie every single week because yeah. it, it made sense. I was working in Midtown. I would just get out. There's an AMC within walking distance.
1: Always. You sound like a hoarder, man. I don't want to throw this away because I might. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah,
0: I might need, yeah,
1: I might need this five year old box of uh, orange juice. No. <laughs>
0: Hey, I hung on to my gym membership for three years before I started using it.
1: (laughs) So basically, what you're saying is you just like to waste money.
0: (laughs) I I guess so, to be honest, yeah.
1: Okay, and uh, I I will say the last uh, one of the last things I'm looking forward to this year would be Thor Love and Thunder because I cannot wait to see Natalie Portman playing.
0: Yes. Have you have you seen those behind the scenes uh pictures that they've released of her in the costume?
1: No, you know me, man. I don't like watching I don't like spoilers. I want to be completely and utterly surprised when I see I don't watch trailers. I oh, I am also looking forward to um uh female incredible Hulk. She Hulk.
0: <clears throat> oh yeah, she Hulk. That's August seventeenth, it looks like. God, this is gonna be such a great year. <laughs> this is actually a good year for like Marvel female characters because I think we just got—I guess it was Scarlet Scarab right through uh, the Layla character on on Moon Knight. Um, yeah, there's there's one we we just got Wanda having her moment in Doctor Strange too. Don't uh, tell me
1: anything. I haven't so, seen that. Doctor... Oh, only
0: the only thing I'll say is I think you can arguably oh, no, say no, no, this no, is I'm... technically. Wanda's movie also. Okay. Well, I
1: yeah. knew she was in it. I know that much. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's not much of a
1: spoiler. But <laughs> she's in. She's in the
0: like, poster after all. <laughs> Jesus,
1: man! You gotta warn a girl. <laughs> Look, there's,
0: there's, there's very few things I don't understand with this but that is one. I don't understand how you avoid trailers and promotional material for stuff when you're on social media. Like, how do you do that?
1: I think it's because exactly what I do on social media. Like, I go to YouTube, so it's not like I'm constantly typing things in about Marvel. Um, my Facebook is mainly everybody I actually know in real life. And so everybody I know, they wouldn't spoil. They're either not into Marvel, and the few people I know, because they're my they're friends. They're my friends, so they wouldn't ruin it. And as for Twitter, it never came up. And I don't go on Instagram that much. So I think I'm just pretty lucky. <laughs> I
0: guess I'm on all those same sites. And I do get spoilers all over my face. You
1: know why? Because so. you are active in it. That's why.
0: <laughs> Not really. I'm, well, active in the sense that I'm viewing stuff. I don't think I ever really like posting. Like, I have an Instagram page, but I barely, like, I think I have one picture, if anything.
1: Can you can you think can you think on uh, do you think it's because I don't watch trailers is the reason why I don't get bombarded with stuff because it's not in my algorithm?
0: I mean you're probably searching other stuff on YouTube and all these other places than what I am because I but the thing is like I I don't know maybe I tell more to some app and then that app talks to the rest of them right because all of them really share our data at this point. But
1: yeah, oh yeah, of course.
0: Like I only go to YouTube to you know when wiki how doesn't tell me how to do
1: things <laughs> sadly are, are you calling me old ivan
0: <laughs> no just classically cultured is what i'm
1: saying you know what i respect it and i appreciate that <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well yeah the, 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 but there's there are a lot of um female Marvel characters stuff coming up this year. I think um, Miss we're getting Miss Marvel in June, which I'm really much looking forward to. Like I, that that's one, you know, and, and I don't know how far back you've listened to some of our shows, but like Emmett and I have talked about my excitement and his almost non-excitement for <laughs> some of the stuff that's coming down the pipeline for, for Marvel. But uh Marvel is one of those shows that I think uh, they can, it's either going to be really, really cool or it's gonna be one of those other shows that I'm gonna chalk up to like, hey, they really should have gotten somebody that understood the source material more here. Yeah. But they have a really good diverse cast. They really have a good um diverse cast behind the scene as well. Um, yeah. so I'm I'm very hopeful for it. Yeah, like I'm I'm excited because I feel like this phase of Marvel has felt like phase one. Like we're almost like an exploring uncharted territory here.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's basically like when you went to see that first Iron Man, and you didn't know how that was going to come out.
0: Right, and and I think for the most part, I've enjoyed it. I, I but I understand why people are getting like superhero fatigue. I think at this point too. Um, well, but there are cool things coming out of the pipeline.
1: Well, what about you? What are you What are you looking forward to coming out this this year? How many movie theaters will you be getting infected with COVID? <laughs> <laughs>
0: At so- least 12. At least 12. <laughs> At least 12? At
1: least
0: 12, I think, yeah. No, I- honestly, I-, I have the very big privilege of, like, not, like, basically being isolated for most of the week. So if I catch it, and I'm, like, routinely testing myself. So, yeah. especially especially since I'm going into the city constantly. You know, every time you sit in that subway, you're getting affected with something, you know? Like, you're oh, not carrying ah
1: before before covid you could have got strep you could have lost a leg i mean there was all kinds of things
0: (laughs) yeah and (laughs) that's why when this whole thing started i'm like you know what as a new yorker i feel like i've gotten infected with everything so i'm okay i'm good even if it gets me like i'll be fine thankfully only got me once and i'm still here so (laughs) in your face covid (laughs) gotcha Um, but no, I, I think in, in terms of stuff that I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to Miss Marvel. I think that's my next big thing that I'm really looking forward to. Um, yeah. Thor: Love and Thunder, definitely on my list. Uh, I think Chris Hemsworth has been enjoying his time as Thor even more so than you know the fans have been enjoying consuming his uh, his content ever since the last Thor movie. I feel like they've really done wonders for that character. Um, and then. On the TV side, I will join you in your anticipation for Umbrella Academy because I absolutely love that show. And I don't think nearly as many people are watching it as as they should because that's a show that I think, especially after that brilliant first season, a lot of people are sleeping on it. And I feel like it's just not – that's not cool. (laughs) It it should be getting more attention, to be honest.
1: I'm actually shocked that it isn't because, I mean – it, 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 it like you said, it's an amazing show, very diverse cast. The storyline is amazing. And they literally keep you on the edge of your seat when you watch that show.
0: <laughs> yeah. and it's not a like outward adaptation of the comic book. Thank God, <laughs> you know because the book is like super silly in a good yeah. way, but it's also like kind of you know a little outlandish. And I'm also kind of excited to see just how they deal with the Elliot Page situation because this is the first time, I think ever in in the, in a TV show or any ongoing series, right? Where we have um, a, an actor who goes from uh, who I guess transitions in between projects. Yeah. Uh so this is this is also kind of testing waters for them just to kind of see how they handle that because I know that I, I think I know I think they had mentioned that they were also that's going to be, like, explored through the character uh, themselves. So we'll see. I don't, you know, I'm I'm, I'm, just curious to kind of see how they tackle that. But uh, that shows at the top of my list. Um, towards the end of the year, I'm definitely looking forward to Black Panther 2. I wanted to get your thoughts on this, too, because Emmett and I have kind of talked about this a lot, but I do want to get your perspective on it. With Black Panther 2, right, like, I know there was a big debate over whether or not to recast... Uh, T'Challa because of Chadwick Boseman's untimely passing and I don't know like I I felt very torn about it in the beginning I'm excited to see what they do without him at the same time I also there's part of me that agrees with Chadwick Boseman's brother that they probably should have recast the role because I feel like T'Challa himself as a comic book character really was this big cultural icon now with just a single movie that I feel like it's almost kind of a disservice to take that away even if the actor passed away. You get what I mean? Like, I feel like there's other Black actors out there that could have done an amazing job of filling in their shoes.
1: You know what? Um, I agree with you. I I, I definitely think... But but what I think what it is, is not for this movie. Like, if they come out with another... Hopefully, fingers crossed, they come out with uh, Black Panther 3, I mean... I think by that time and the time has passed where I think you could definitely find a very good actor to really refill the role of Black Panther because even in the comics, Black Panther is more than one character.
0: Right. It was multiple. I still feel like though, like from a comics standpoint, that the T'Challa character in particular is very rich in story. Yeah, that they because they've said they're definitely not recasting T'Challa at all. If Black Panther comes back, it'll be a different character. And I'm like, well, that's kind of you know, there are others. You're right, but none of them have yeah. as rich a
1: history as as T'Challa does. I think what it would uh, I think yeah, I understand what you're saying, but I think at the same time they're trying to they're they're trying to immortalize him that, and it's it's that's definitely not a bad thing, you know? Yeah, I don't
0: think it's a bad thing either. I just feel like to outwardly just be like we're never recasting him is kind of a little bit blindsided, you know.
1: You know what I think? I think people say a lot of things at the time and things change down the road when different people take over. Different some people take over, somebody might take over the studio. Um whoever owns who knows, Disney might not always own Marvel. You know, once things change when things change hands, you know, different different decisions are made.
0: Although that feels like decades away from <laughs> I feel like Disney as 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 the that you know, the House of Mouse is kind of dominating everything at the moment. Yeah i'm but, half surprised they haven't bought dc from warner brothers yet
1: i, I really wish you don't say that but let's not put that out in you few, few <laughs> I mean,
0: listen after that merger anything can happen I, i'm pretty sure discovery doesn't want to hang on to all of their ip like that
1: this is very true next thing you know you're going to see it on either um Netflix and Hulu.
0: <laughs> I want, give me that Marvel versus DC movie <laughs> in 10 years. But first you got to put it on a Will Smith movie as a billboard in the background so that it becomes a reality like they did with Batman versus Superman. All right. Well, I think that about wraps us up. I do feel like this deserves a part two.
1: There is one thing I wanted to do. I, I did wanted to say, but well, one of my favorite things when um, Black Panther first came out, just the embracement and the excitement that people of color had. Like, I'm not even gonna front. I saw black people dressed in African garb I saw one guy dressed like um the king from coming to America James O Jones character I I loved it I loved it I love movies that bring people together and I I I'm really hoping Wakanda forever does that again
0: I hope so too. I, I I do think it was such a like once in a lifetime kind of thing with the first Black Panther movie.
1: Yeah. Um
0: and it was also kind of like trippy to kind of see people's reactions to it, right? Because there was a side of folks that were like, Oh, this movie's no big deal. It's it's okay. It's a it's a good Marvel movie. And I'm like, and, and or so or the other people that are like, Oh, this isn't the first, you know. A uh, black character we've gotten from Marvel. We've we've had Blade before. We've had all that. I was like, yeah, all of that is true, but, but big, but here, yeah. not only was this majority black produced, and the cast was primarily black, it was also the first movie, with those two, you know, parameters that had that much money to work with, and that yeah. big of an audience worldwide to distribute it to. Yeah. You know, like as big as a phenomenon as like the Tyler Perry Studios has has become, he doesn't have the reach that Marvel does. And so for someone like Marvel to to do that, I think really set, sent that message that like, hey, not only is it are people craving this, there, there's also big money to be made here. And I think that's what really caught Hollywood's attention, too, because I didn't notice this until I read this in an article like two weeks ago. Right. But uh-huh. Ever since Black Panther, there's been more funding for uh, black centric character uh, driven movies like by by a big margin since the last since the premiere of Black Panther. And I think a lot of it had to do with like look at all that money that that could be made. And it sounds like shallow that too, right? But at the same time, I also feel like that opens up opportunities and it opens up uh, the world to also be exposed to more ideas
1: exactly i told you all it takes is one person to take a risk you take one 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 show one studio to take a risk and then it's the new it's the next new thing
0: that's the one truth hollywood will never be money sick so <laughs> as long as it makes money hollywood will will be able to make it i just feel like they're very slow to kind of pick up on on the pace on some things here because yeah I, I don't know i guess that's just the nature of of the business too But anyway, we'll probably be back. We'll we'll, we'll talk about it. I kind of want to get you back here for for talking about Umbrella Academy because I feel like that's a show that I I haven't spoken to anybody about. (laughs) I think you said the end of June,
1: right? It's coming out. I believe so. I believe it's coming out June 28th. All right.
0: Well, it's been great to hang out with you, Sandra. Thank you for joining me today.
1: I appreciate you having me on there. Uh, I appreciate I wanted to say thank you to Emmett, you know, not for not being here, but allowing me to be on your show and um i hope i did a good job thank you for having me <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. for for anybody who wants to follow along with us um you know s- you know stay tuned uh we'll, we'll probably we'll be we'll be having more pop culture talks down the line until then thanks for listening